You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, Foxborough football fans? Let me actually get in the picture a little bit more and say welcome back to First and Foxborough down here at Gillette Stadium, and I am with one of my esteemed colleagues here on the Patriots beat, Dakota Randall of Nesson. How you doing, my man? I'm good. How you doing? Excellently. Now, look, before we get started, because we obviously got some serious Patriots stuff to get to today. I mean, you know, who's going to play quarterback for this team? What What is the outlook for a game that was supposed to look pretty winnable? Matt Patricia revenge game. You know, maybe we'll get into that a little bit. But first off, how much are you looking forward to tonight's episode of the rings of power lord of the rings the rings of power on amazon prime if you haven't started watching it watch it now yeah huge um you know i think i saw a promo uh on either twitter or something that said uh on friday night evil will be revealed oh so God. it seems it seems like we're gonna finally maybe get a clue for uh who uh which character is sauron if it's one of the ones that have been on there if it's someone that we haven't seen also the teaser art looks like maybe this will be the balrog episode they teased that in the trailer obviously oh before yes. Well, yes. we, we love Balrogs. We love Morgoth's demons <laughs> yes. over here. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, it's building up to be a, a pretty sweet episode. I mean, it's got a high bar to meet after last week. Last week's oh, episode yeah. was awesome. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see if they go back to, you know, Elrond and, and Doran and all that stuff. But, okay. yeah, it's, uh, you know, hype. The hype is real. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. They were kind of going neck and neck. I, I mean, they still kind of are. House of the Dragon and uh and and rings of power they've been getting progressively better each house week of the dragon really upped it this yeah week. they they, was, they, re- they yeah. really did yeah i was i was down on house of the dragon it was a little some of it might have been biased because i'm definitely a little bit more of a tolkien homer um but but it really felt like for there was like a three episode stretch there right in the middle where it's just like oh that was good oh that was really good oh shit you yeah. know and, th- and then and then house of the dragon just went like okay y'all tripping now uh, so we got to see what's going on with Lord of the Rings. Um, the moment in the in the in the promo, they were just like, "Yeah, you're delving too deep," uh, you know, in the in the you know caverns of Moria. I was like, "Yes, please, God, delve delve too deep." Yeah, we, we um, need to go deeper. Absolutely. So uh, we will see how deep they do, in fact, go uh, in this upcoming episode. Which uh, I, I would have to say, 
much, much more looking forward to watching that than I was whatever the hell that was last night. Oh, my God, that was a terrible football game. Yeah, that was a quick, uh, awful f- football game. One other quick note on, on Lord of the Rings. It's funny. I'm actually uh, – my wife had never watched Lord of the Rings, and then I made At her all? watch – No, never. <laughs> I, I, I made her watch the first three move or the, the original uh, Peter Jackson trilogy. A few months back, she watched all three. Uh, she's she's not doing Rings of Power yet. She's doing okay. other stuff. But right now, I'm actually dragging her through The Hobbit, yeah. which is a bit of a tougher task. Oh, yeah. uh, but I think she might like it more. So, yeah, we're now – we're in the Hobbit right now, and then uh, I'll try to bring her in the Rings of Power. Yeah. But yeah, that game last night, to get back to your point, was uh, – I don't know what else you could say about it. It was awful. Absolutely. The, the Russell Wilson discourse has been really interesting, and it was just bad. bad. I mean, absolutely, brutally got awful. I mean, just to see it panned by so many different people in, in, in regards to the quality of play on both sides. And then, honestly, one, one of my favorite tweets just happened a little bit ago. Thor Nystrom was like – Hey, I I, uh, <laughs> I flipped Russell Wilson to show what it would look like if he was left-handed, and it's Tim Tebow yeah. throwing that wobbly-ass duck in practice that one time where they're just like, "Wow!" Yeah, we, um, we did a we used a first-round pick on that. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and and so and you got to keep that in mind too. Those Indianapolis Colts, a game that I thought would be tough, I I think I had the Patriots winning that game, and boy, that prediction looks a lot better now. I had a lot of people like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Those Colts, I mean, they were beaten up on the Patriots last year and everything. And I was like, "I don't know." I mean, I think this could be interesting, even with Matt Ryan. Boy, that team looks really bad right now. We'll see, but we don't want to get too ahead of this. We're a couple of weeks ahead. On that point, though, I do think it's interesting. And again, it's only we're only through four weeks, so a lot can change. But I think you know, before the season, you're looking at it, and you know, you're looking at a tough early stretch that's kind of panned out as expected. And then the middle portion, we all thought, you know, that's the soft stretch. Uh, and then it's a you know a gauntlet at the end. And while some of that still is holding true, I think you know, you look at it. The Lions are tougher than we thought before the indeed, season. Indeed. Uh, I think the Browns, we wrote, wrote them off without Deshaun Watson, but Jacoby Brissett's playing really well. I think that's definitely a losable game. Uh, you still should beat the Bears. And, you, should, and, you should beat the Bears, you though they've, be the been, they've been more competitive than you would, you would think. And yeah. they run the football, which is something the Patriots have had some issues stopping. Yeah. But – and of course, you're yeah. looking at the passing game, and you're like, uh, okay, but yeah, but and, we'll, we'll and then on like, the other end too, I think it's interesting that the the Colts now we thought that tough stretch started with the Colts, but now they look like they're down. Uh, the Cardinals don't look nearly as yeah. tough, and they always struggle at the end of the season too. We'll see with the Raiders; they got their first win, but they're not off to the start that we thought. So maybe you know it's why you don't you try not to look too much into schedule forecasting before it, the start of the season. Exactly, the games have to be played. Speaking of which, we have a game coming up that the Patriots have to play, and again, it's supposed to be a winnable one against the Detroit Lions, but. A lot of stuff has happened uh, since that schedule forecast. And, and I mean, look, for, for one thing, I, I thought that it was shaping up. I actually wrote about this earlier this week, that it was shaping up to be a little bit more kind of like last year, like like a, a sequel to last season where, yeah, rough start, but then in the middle you pick up a bunch of ground, and then at the end you got to prove yourself. It kind of was looking like that. Yeah, one in three, uh, but they've been here before. And, I mean, I've talked to some people that said that they think this version of the Patriots is – better than last year's one and three and that they know a bit more about themselves and about their identity. But that was before Mac Jones went down with an injury and you had to play with Bailey Zappi at quarterback, which it looks like might happen again. But let's talk about Mac Jones first. He's been at practice every day this week and has been limited, which is an improvement over last week where he did not practice at all. If you had to guess, how close is he going to make this this week? To convince this coaching staff, you know what? I think he could do it, and maybe we should let him do it instead of Bailey Zappi. You know, uh, first of all, I'd be stunned if he goes out there and plays. I do think 
it's interesting that, you know, this game really is a must win for the Patriots. Like they can't go one and four. They absolutely can't lose this game. I actually, I heard someone say the other day that uh, Dan Campbell, since he took over the Lions, is 0-9-1 and on the road. So you don't want Dan Campbell to pick up his first road win no, in Gillette. That'd be no, a bad look for the Patriots. And just not only just for record and, and playoffs, but just, I think, morale and mindset of the team. You can't lose this game. And so the Patriots feel that too. If Jones border, maybe they, they push it over the line there. Uh, if they feel really confident that they can win this game, regardless that the Lions are overrated, maybe they're comfortable with Zappi uh, and, and just sort of going in the running game and everything. But as far as Mac Jones, you know, I, I, I know the Patriots and kind of been jerking us all around with all this kind of different reporting. It's impossible to get a good read on it, but I think he doesn't look like he's moving well at practice. I mean, I think it was better today for sure. Um, certainly a little bit more movement. Again, that was just the stretching portion of practice. Um, and I think I go back to, I mean, maybe if the Patriots had, were just set at both tackle spots, especially right tackle, and you could feel confident that Mac Jones wouldn't get just, you know, laid out, but I don't know how you can feel that way, given the way it's gone with Isaiah Wynn and who knows how Marcus Kane would be if he replaces him. So if you put Mac Jones back there, you're, you're risking him getting hit again. And you just obviously can't risk that, uh, you know, given the state of his ankle. So I, I'd be really surprised if the Patriots take that big of a risk. Uh, within this weekend but again if they think their season's on the line which i don't know if they think it's quite that dire but if they are feeling that way maybe they they, they force it there but i'd be surprised because it's i don't think he's really all that close yeah and, and you know what i, I think I, I go back to some of the discussions i've had and, and yes we've heard from some folks uh, last week there was reporting that suggested maybe the injury wasn't as serious as they thought and that it wouldn't have to be surgical you know for for example uh, but I mean, we're starting to hear now, uh, you know, maybe he should be out for six weeks. Like that's how you're, long you're supposed to be out. And so I, I think that when people got a glimpse of Mac Jones last week and how he was moving around and got a better glimpse of him this week, now that he's moving around more, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, look, it's not the worst limp in the world, but there's definitely a limp there. And you can see it sometimes on, on those clips of him throwing during warmups. He's hopping a little bit and favoring that right foot. He's not trying to put every bit of weight he's got on the left, even though he steps into his throws and he kind of stays on that foot. I think he's really gritting and trying to grit and bear it. But I think that if we're being honest with ourselves, especially with as much as Mac Jones has been moving around this year, how much he has been scrambling and moving around in the pocket, yeah. I just don't think that it's realistic to think he could go out and play this week. I mean, not play at the week at the level that Mac Jones needs to play at. So I'm definitely with you on that. And that leads us to Bailey Zappi potentially being your starting quarterback. I would say overwhelmingly likely he's going to be your starting quarterback this week. Given what we saw last week and, and Bill Belichick didn't really want to go into what the game plan might be, how much they would, how, how they would, would change it or how, how much it would shift with Bailey Zappi getting most of the practice reps. But what is your expectation for him going up against a team that is not very good defensively in the Detroit Lions? Yeah, it's interesting. And, and also, real quick, one other note on Mac Jones that I was thinking that I, I, I he's obviously not someone with a ton of arm talent or raw arm talent and, mm. and, and throwing strength. So I think he's really someone who he has to step into his throws to be at his best. Everything. And he, this isn't Dan Marino, right? You know, he's got to really set himself and step into his throws. And if he can't do that, He's extremely limited. And also, like you said, the mobility has kind of been a sneaky big part of his game this year. So if you lose both those things, what kind of quarterback are you putting out there? So, But as far as Bailey Zappi, you know, I think you definitely have to be encouraged with the way he played. 
against the Packers. Uh, the fact that it wasn't a total disaster, I think yeah. it was a win in and of itself, let alone the fact that she went to overtime in Lambeau Stadium. And you had two second half touchdowns, one of it, which he threw for. I mean, I wouldn't say he was slinging the ball all over no, the field. No, and again, no, no, you know, no. this, but and, and I, I, count, I counted only three passes of his that went further than 10 yards. Yeah, right. And, three, three completions. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I don't care how much progress he's made since the end of training camp. I mean, this is the same guy who, I mean, they were just hospital balls throughout training camp, not just in terms of, you know, at his receivers, but like, you know, fans had to look alive all throughout training camp. He was just, throwing the ball off the field. Yeah, it was it was that bad. I mean, there were picks all over the place. He was really erratic. I mean, he threw an interception uh, in every preseason game, including one to a wide receiver in Isaiah Zuber. <laughs> So I mean, Patriots legend Isaiah Zuber. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know this that game against the Packers was really the first look for a lot of people watching Bailey Zappi because who's tuning into the end of the, the preseason games? But yeah. I believe it's when we say that it wasn't good during training camp, and if he's really come that far since then, I mean, I'd be really surprised. So I think, but at the same time, I think he showed enough in that game to lead you to believe that you know he won't be overwhelmed by the moment. He's got the poise. He's got the toughness. Does that mean that? He's not going to go out there and throw four picks like a rookie third stringer is capable of doing. No, I mean, I think that's on the table, which I think is why the Patriots will focus on the run game as they have every week this season. I mean, the, the Lions have, I think, the worst rushing uh, defense they in football. Indeed. They have the worst, worst football period, most amount of points, most yards given up, worst rushing defense. So in the Patriots. They are, they are literally one. They are, they are ranked first in the offensive categories in terms of, of points scored and yards gained, and they are the worst right. in terms of – yards allowed and points allowed it is it is absolute dichotomy super weird team incredible so, so again i just think uh, the, the patriots the game plan has to be uh ride Ray, uh, damian harris or Andre stevenson to victory i think there's a path to do that i think i i believe the patriots defense can find a way to to limit uh the lions on offense especially with deandre Swift not playing especially if amon ross st brown doesn't play uh he was i think i think he did practice today we'll see what that means but a lot of guys could be out for the lions so i think I think the Patriots, the game plan here is, you know, play good defense against the Lions, obviously, which I think they can, and, and really run the ball and set up play action with Bailey Zappi for a few shot plays. And I think that could work if they play it right. If they play it right. And and that brings us to another point here. So um, a lot of the discussion about the Patriots offense has included Matt Patricia, who has ostensibly been the guy calling the plays this season. Or as Bill Belichick referred to it way back when during the preseason, the guy who communicates the plays to the quarterback, he made sure and has made sure this entire time not to specifically say that Matt Patricia calls plays, calls offensive plays for the New England Patriots. And that came up again today at the press conference in a rather testy way. I've got to say reporters were, were trying to get a feel for, first of all, it started off as, what do you think of Matt Patricia's play calling? And he said, well, I wouldn't characterize it the way that you did. And then, well, should we call him or not call him the play caller? You can call him whatever you want. And and this idea, he's he's very tired of talking about this. But there's a part of me that feels like if you just answer the question, then you wouldn't we you know wouldn't have to keep asking it. But look, let's say because I think for all intents and purposes, Matt Patricia is that guy, regardless of how much input he is or is not getting from the rest of the offensive coaching staff. What have you seen? in the growth of this Patriots offense and the way that Matt Patricia has ostensibly been operating it. Yeah, I, I think the, the point you made about how Belichick kind of says, you, you, we're not going to call him the offensive play caller. Yeah, is he delivering the plays to the quarterback? Yeah, but we're not calling the play caller. I mean, all right, so what? It, it, is Mac Jones not the quarterback? He's just the guy who throws the, the yeah, ball. He's the guy who, the who hands off the ball and, throw, and throws it, but yeah. he's not the quarterback. So what are, we, what are we doing here? And I think, you know, it's interesting. It's 
all right, if you know, I think maybe Belichick is trying to shield Patricia from criticism, but it works two ways. It's, that, that's a two way street. Then if if Patricia does a good job, then what do we not give him credit for it? So, um, and I do think, you know, I think he got off to a rough start in Miami. Uh, I think it looked like a, a staff that hadn't quite figured things out in terms mm-hmm. of offensive play calling. Um, but I think it's gotten better every week. Uh, I think it by was, the numbers, it has indeed. Absolutely. And I think just not even just in terms of the numbers, just like the way that the rhythm of the play calling, the kind of plays the Patriots have called. I think it was good in Pittsburgh. I think Mac Jones kind of let him down in that game. Uh, I think it was good against the Ravens, too. I think a few big mistakes really set them back there. Uh, and I think it was probably the best it's looked uh, in the Packers game in terms of just overall cohesiveness. I think the problem is, you know, there are a few key spots where, you know, Matt Patricia's, uh, you know, greenness in this role kind of shows. I thought a lot of people focused on that fourth down decision against the Packers in overtime, whereas I, I kind of go to the second and five before the third down play, uh, calling that zone run on second and five. Uh, it's, it looked like, you know, the, throughout the second half, the Packers had kind of made that adjustment and figured out those zone run plays and, and started to, to snuff it out. Uh, and I just think that was a predictable call from Patricia. I think that was the play where you should have maybe taken a shot and then see what happens on third down. Um, so I think, you know, moments like that, I, I, I think, show that he still has a ways to go. I think falling in love with the whole little Jordan Humphrey uh, playing over Kendrick Bourne, messing around with 11 and 12 personnel, trying to bait the defense yeah. and doing certain things. I think, you know, it, it, it's cute and it works in certain instances. And I think there is some value in it, but it seems like maybe they fell in love with it too much. So I think, you know, that kind of stuff uh, still has to be worked out. But I think overall, I think you'd have to say it's gone better than expected from Matt Patricia I in agree. that role. And I think it, the... The arrow is pointing up. I wouldn't say sharply up or anything, but yeah. I think it's it's been going. It's been a steady improvement, and and we'll just have to see if that continues when Mac Jones gets back. I mean, it's it's like measuring quarterback progress, especially for young quarterbacks. It's not always going to be a perfectly linear progression where everything is going, you know, straight up every time. Sometimes there's going to be steps back, but as but progress is being made. And one thing that I actually noticed, and something that Evan Lazar of Patriots.com had pointed out in the past, that the Patriots have notoriously not used motion very much, especially motion at the snap. And that was something that the Patriots did a lot more in week four against the Packers. I feel like they are learning every week. They are self-scouting. They are noticing the things that, hey, if we did this, this might be a little bit better. And so I feel like the operation by it has been far from the abject disaster that a lot of people kind of figured that it would be with Matt Patricia running the show. We'll see how much that progress continues against, again, the Detroit Lions, who are an incredibly explosive offense, but not a very good defense. When you look at Jared Goff, and 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 this and this Lions offense. It's funny because like yeah, Jared Goff. Well, he's terrible. But again, number one scoring offense in the NFL right now. How much can the Patriots draw on what they've seen from Jared Goff in the past with this entirely new cast of characters that the Detroit Lions have? Yeah, I think a lot. Um, and I think kind of going back to what you mentioned about the motion stuff uh, that Evan brought up. That it's interesting that they've been doing that more the last couple of weeks because I believe. Through two weeks, it was Seth Wilder over at ESPN that had this stat mm-hmm. that I think – I might have the numbers slightly wrong, but I think the Patriots ranked middle of the road like 17th or 18th in terms of pre-snap motion yeah, or like dead they last or dead absolutely last dead last snap motion. Yeah. Uh, so that has been – it's been a change over the last weeks, and that's been good to see. Um, as far as Jared Goff, I think really I don't think the Patriots need to overthink it. I think the formula for him is still get pressure on him and he'll make mistakes. Like they, they, I think the Lions yeah. have gone up against some bad defenses. That not all, but I, you know, they they haven't gone up against you know the, the greatest opponents. Um, and I think at the end of the day, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Uh, he's an average quarterback. 
Um, you know, he, he has a good arm. He'll make some plays. But I think you can get him as a huge Matthew Jude one game. Uh, I think that's that's the ticket right there. Uh, stop the run, which hopefully for the Patriots yeah. will be easier without DeAndre Swift. But if you stop the run, get a lead, you know, kind of contain the run a little bit and, and force them to be more one-dimensional and make Goff beat you, that plays right into what the Patriots want. You know, they'll force them into mistakes. Um, I will say the Lions um, have gotten some really good tackle play this year. So, you know, the Patriots might need somebody to step up, step up opposite Matt Judon, whether that's Anthony Jennings, Josh Uche. Dietrich Wise. Dietrich Wise. Um, so, you know, that might that, that would be important for the Patriots in this game. Uh, but I think, again, it's just get pressure on Goff and force him into mistakes because he will make them uh, if you force him into Oh, them. yes, he always has. Absolutely. And, I mean, just generally, I think that when you look at the teams that the Patriots have played, thus far, right? The, the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, which yes, they scored what 38 points on them, but it took a while to get there. And, and some of the offensive turnovers aided in that. But I think right. by and large, they've had pretty good defensive performances this year against very good teams. So I, I'm not overly worried about the Patriots defense being able to hold up here. It's to me, it's going to be about the offense. How much can they pull their weight with that in mind? What do you see happening on Sunday against the Detroit Lions? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and one other note on the defense, too. I, I, I forget the rankings right now, but I was looking at it yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and the Patriots right now, uh, in terms of red zone, the defense, in terms of red zone success rate, so the, the percentage of the time that the opponent uh, scores touchdowns on red zone attempts, I think it's like 69.3%, which if that held, that would be the worst mark of the Bill Belichick era. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the third down conversion rate right now held, and they're one of the worst in the league this season with that too, it would be like second worst in the Belichick era. So situational defense, I think, uh, remains the big issue for the Patriots. I think, you know, around that they've been, they've had good moments on defense. I still like them overall, but it's the big spots that they got to figure out. Uh, and in terms of the game this weekend, you know, I, I think really the formula is, and it's kind of a no no crap take where you got to play ahead because you can't win without playing ahead. Yeah. But I think you, you don't want to get behind because you don't want to be in a situation where Bailey Zappi has to make a comeback. No, no, that's, you don't. That's not going to work out. Um, so I think the Patriots got to start fast, um, maybe take some shots early. Um, they just got to play from a play from ahead and get the game on their terms. Um, that said, you know, I think the Lions have shown you enough that like I do think there's some fool's gold there, but they're the top scoring offense in football. Like I don't expect them to come out here and get shut out. No. You know, unless this is like Cincinnati in 13 or 14, whatever it was, yeah. where it's just they're total frauds. I think I think the Patriots win. Uh, I think they score in the mid-20s again uh, because – or maybe even more. I think they score high 20s because yeah, the Lions is that, are that bad on defense. But I, you but you still got Bailey Zappi. So it's like yeah. you, you have to kind of keep that caveat. Yeah, I'm not going to go and say they're going to put a 45 points with Bailey Zappi yeah. in, in the running game. But I think, you know, you know, 27-17 Patriots, that kind of ballpark, I think, is what I'm expecting. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I could see a 24-17 because I think, again, it's going to be a lot of ball control, a lot of grind in the clock. Could be a quick game with a with a lot of running the football on the Patriots side of things. And then again, you get just enough from Bailey Zappi to, to make it work and play with a lead. And maybe you get yourself another defensive touchdown this week. Jack Jones might be heading for another start uh, because we haven't seen Jalen Mills at practice. So, yeah. hey, there you go. Maybe another pick six. Let's go. Dakota Randall, Nesson, thank you so much for joining me, man, and uh, looking forward to doing it another time. Yeah, no, sounds good. Thanks for having me, man. Yes, sir. Yeah.